Hello, hello. Welcome back to Drooler Sleepyheads. Joey here. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Droolish. Episode 56, I believe. I am your host, Joey Montano. Now, if you're wondering, that is a sweet intro song. Well, it's linked into the description, and I've always wanted to mention how much I love the song because I really do love it. So, it's my podcast. I'm saying what I want. Now, if you are unfamiliar with Droolish, well, the first 30 seconds should probably give you a good idea of what this podcast is kind of like. But Droolish is a sleep and relaxation podcast focusing on helping you fall asleep, relax, and get your mind off of your day. Now, I talk about a variety of subjects. I have tend to notice I have a yawn-inducing voice. Generally, that's because years of me talking, probably very monotonously, and I really can't even explain how, but I just tend to make people yawn. Probably about after 15 or 10 minutes of them listening to me, maybe I'm just a boring individual. I don't know, but I hear yawns, and I figure, well, screw it. If I make people fall asleep that way or get them tired, I have to use this power for good. At least that's kind of the logic I have in my head. Whether or not I do, well, I don't know. But I look, I see the downloads, and they keep going up. And I say that every week, but it just keeps happening. Now, it doesn't have to matter if it's like how many downloads. It can be two downloads to three downloads to four downloads every episode. That's not the case. But I, I don't know. I, I, like, I like looking at trends, charts. And at the end of the day, I like to help people bring value and solve problems. And as someone who hasn't, who still occasionally suffers from insomnia, um, which is kind of the biggest reason why, uh, on top of the logic I gave you and why I created this podcast, uh, I feel that when I talk about sleep and solving problems, or at least try to improve the quality of sleep, uh, there are so many things that are involved. And I feel like I'd be doing a disservice to you guys and myself if I don't spend time doing more research on improving quality of sleep. Because as a kid, I would always think, overthink, think, think think. My mind would go in 30 or 40 different directions, even before I go to sleep. Uh, and that was before the internet, before video games. I know, I'm pretty old. But it's it, it just seemed to be something that I would always get inside my own head. And now that we have like science and the internet and people discussing a lot of these things, uh, I feel like it's I feel like it's just a matter of us either listening or, or taking action to help fix the issue. And I can't say I know. I'm wondering if you guys are like this, let me know. Um, comment, feedback, whatever, even ideas that you want me to talk about on this podcast, send it to droolishpodcast at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter uh, at droolishpodcast. I mentioned that strictly because I make a lot of assumptions uh, based off of what I think you guys would like to listen to or hear. Um, it's also mixed with things that I like to talk about as well. So I try to get that nice blend of things that interest me that are relevant uh, to helping you guys fall asleep, bring value. Uh, and I just get the sense that, uh, you know, my, you know, I don't have perfect sleep at all. Like 
I have good sleep, but it's very rare that I have perfect sleep. So it's for me, it's it's finding and learning the art of sleeping damn well. And I would consider, I do not consider myself a sleeping expert, okay? I know I've been doing this podcast for like six or seven, almost eight months. And even though I am someone who, you know, likes to talk about sleep, uh, I think it's only until recently I just wanted to help help people, myself, okay, uh, to improve the quality of sleep. But I mentioned there's the art of actually getting to sleep, the art of waking up, and, you know, in ways to help, I talk about uh, talking about ways to get rid of insomnia. These are recent episodes I talked about. Now, there is one major component that I have not talked about yet. And I think it's very important. Um, it's, I don't think it's, I think it's the most important aspect of, achieve, of achieving like amazing sleep, at least in my head and my theories, and based on what people discuss. So, uh, so again, I'm not an expert. I just like to talk about this stuff. But this, I would consider like level two sleep amazingness here. And that is lucid dreaming. I figured, why not spend some time talking about lucid dreams? And for one, like, why are they important? What, you know, what are they? So I pulled up a couple of definitions on lucid dreaming. And this is uh, courtesy of sleepfoundation.org. I will link to the description. And if you're wondering why I don't have my own synopsis or descriptions, it's because I'm terrible at rewarding things. Um, and if I do try it, it tends to sound terrible. Plus, sleepfoundation.org does a pretty good job, at least in providing stats and data. And trust me, there's going to be a lot of a lot of documentation today. But I think this will help you guys significantly in improving your sleep quality. Again, waking up getting to bed, and I think dreaming are key components. Dreaming is going to be the one, I feel like, is going to be the most important aspect of sleep amazingness, but I but I feel like um, that's going to be, that's not something that has to be done right away. Okay, obviously getting to sleep, and I feel like waking up are great foundations for getting good sleep quality. I think lucid dreaming is maximizing that, so... According to sleepfoundation.org, what is lucid dreaming? Well, lucid dreaming is dreams that you remember. <laughs> no. I mean, essentially, according to them, it says more than 50% of adults have nightmares or intense visions at night. The latter is known as lucid dreams. It could be so vivid that you wake up certain that it really happened. So... Yeah, the, yeah, these dreams are just so, that feel so real, uh, real, real, that you recall the dreams very well. And not only that, but you're in control. And I don't think the Sleep Foundation's mentioned that, but there is a lot of uh, dual meanings behind quote-unquote lucid dreaming, and especially according to like Reddit and other sites online. Um, the Sleep Foundation is just, is, is just the, the act of having very, very vivid dreams and recalling it. Um, but what we're going to be talking about today is not just having great quality like lucid dreamings. We're going to be talking about uh, optimizing that and making it like very fruitful for you. And I will only speak, I can only speak to certain times where I had lucid dreamings and you're able to be in control of your dreams from my experiences. Um, and I have to tell you right out of the gate, I've only probably had about 
a half a dozen like fully in control lucid dreams uh, for the most part maybe a lot more um, that I can very strictly recall and I mentioned that in my whole 30 as well is when I started eating the mandarins and laid off the cannabis to help sleep so that was a big thing for me uh, but uh, again that was only speaking from my personal experience that being said Lucid dreaming can feel incredibly real, and according to Sleep Foundation, it may leave you shaken as a result. I don't get why they say that, <laughs> but um, but that's as far as I was going to go for the sleepfoundation.org, because when it comes to lucid dreaming in general, they talk about like related health, REM, and sticking to a schedule. Uh, those are important, don't get me wrong. But I think understanding uh, dreams and improving the quality of your dreams, I guess, and how it affects your day-to-day, I feel like is very important. So, uh, just, I know I mentioned the Hostly Foundation, but they have another, they have another good article here, and they mentioned just certain questions you might have, like, um, you know, do dreams really affect how well you sleep? And whether or not you can remember these dreams is normal. And everyone dreams, this is what Sleep Foundation says, everyone dreams for about two hours per night, and dreams can occur during any stage of sleep, although they're most vivid during the REM phase. If you've ever woken up from a happy dream feeling relaxed and rested, or a scary one feeling on edge, you might have wondered whether the content of your shut-eye can make a difference on your overall sleep quality. Here's what's going on. So I'm just going to keep this top level here. Scary dreams linger into the next day. So if they're positive or negative, obviously obviously the negative ones linger into the next day. Uh, Let's see here. Obviously bad ones can give you like a bad dream hangover. I'm pretty sure we've all experienced that. Just bad dreams and kind of wake up just blah. Dreams don't change sleep structure. So that is something interesting. So disturbing dreams don't always have a significant effect on your sleep architecture, meaning they won't necessarily change how much time you spend in the different stages of sleep or the number of times you've awakened. I can speak personally for that one because there are times where I can get up 13 times at night and I can continue the same dream. Um, and not affect the quality of my sleep. Very weird. Uh, I wish I was bragging, but no, I would rather have zero. I would rather wake up zero times. But, um, but if you're someone who wakes up frequently and you have the ability to sleep at least fairly decently, uh, at least according to my empirical anecdotal data, uh, you know I'm able to remember dreams and kind of keep them flowing. Do, does good sleep equal happy dreams? I think that's the million dollar question. So the relationship between dream quality and sleep quality could be likened to the old chicken and egg scenario. No one is sure which comes first. The research shows that good sleepers often describe their dreams as being more pleasant and joyful, while people who suffer from insomnia tend to have fewer positive emotions associated with their dreams. But whether or not a happy or sad dream means you'll be sleeping or better or worse still isn't clear. Yeah, I think that's fine. I don't see anything wrong with that that logic. Um, I think happy and sad is just more of a pendulum, and it's based on per individual. So I can see why it's not clear, but I do think recall the ability to recall dreams and control them is, I think, and I, I think maybe believe, but I think is the key factor here. And here's here's a good one too that they mentioned that dreams reflect reality. Dream content often relates back to what's happening in your waking life, 
If you're experiencing low stress and plenty of satisfaction in your day-to-day life, you'll have more positive dreams. By contrast, if you're depressed or anxious during the day, you may have more unpleasant dreams and compromise sleep quality at night. The good news is that while you cannot control your dreams directly, see that's, uh-uh. See that? Sorry, Sleep Foundation. I am challenging you on that one. I like what you're saying, but I'm challenging you on this one. And I think I have a lot of people that can say otherwise. So, this says, this says, well, you cannot control the quality of your dreams directly, which I believe is false, personally. You can work on improving your state of mind during the day. This, in turn, may help improve the sleep quality of your dreams, perhaps sleep at night. That is that part I can give true. I just I just can't I, I, I just don't agree with the cannot control your dreams directly because that's the whole point of lucid dreaming. So long story, long-winded Joey doing too long, didn't listen version. The quality of your sleep uh, could factor on many things, but I think dreams can definitely play a huge factor on. The quality of kind of when you wake up, or even I, I, I think it's just the quality of your day to day. And I do agree that it's more of a chicken and egg. You know, if you tend to be more positive, or you tend to be very active or productive, and you get a lot of stuff done, you're gonna likely be dreaming more about what, what goes on day to day. If you're more doom and gloom, and you think all about the sad stuff, and you're always kind of in a sad state of mind, uh, then you're probably gonna have more you know, more depressing dreams, or maybe not, who knows, uh, everybody's different, uh, my dreams just tend to be a lot of, it, it varies, uh, I used to have a lot of dreams growing up, even as a teenager, um, I'm like a kid, a teenager, that seemed like they were, it was like an ongoing movie, anyway, like my dream would just continue from where it left off prior, I don't think I can ever replicate that ever again, but I was able to recall those types of dreams, uh, as uh, before I dive into the types of lucid dreaming and like way to control your lucid dreams, I'll give you guys one tip that has worked very, very well for me in regards to dreaming about doing what, dreaming about something that you have in mind, um, but actively. And I figure this is very important because uh, I there is a lot of techniques and a lot of research. Um, from people who have done lucid dreamings, and there's like a book I'm going to share with you too that that goes through more of the definitions and whatnot. But I feel like I'm doing you guys an injustice by just reading, or or uh, let's see what's the wrong thing of like summarizing what they're saying. Um, not that it doesn't have any value, but I feel like uh, you know I I don't talk about things unless I actually have an experience of my own that I think can benefit. I don't want to sound like I'm just a reporter and I'm seeing XYZ, but the one that works for me, uh, which I think would benefit a lot of people uh, if they want to take this up, is picking one thing that you do day to day and determining that you're going to become like the best damn person at it and immersing your life around it. Uh, and there are only, I think, three or four instances where that's happened, where I would literally immerse myself um, used to be bowling when I was in high school I was a pretty damn good bowler I if you guys don't know who Jason Belmonte is I was the Jason Belmonte before him no but um but I ended up I was one of the very first uh, people who bowled with two hands 
because uh, I saw I saw some dude on ESPN doing it like in twenty like two thousand four, two thousand two, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. So uh, I started doing that, and I got laughed at a lot for bowling with two hands, like how he did it. Until you, until I got good at it, and I was getting like two twenty, two forty a game, and I got more from people laughing to people saying like, "Holy crap! Like, how do you do that? Like, can you train me?" So, uh, you know, I got real good at it, and I practiced almost daily, and I got my own shoes and everything else. And what by doing that though, being obsessed with bowling, it just got to the point to where I would dream me just going up figuring out different angles, different balls to use, and how to get strikes left and right. Because that was that was what's consuming me. And, you know, I'm not saying that's bad or good. And for me, actually, I would consider that very good because in the, in the sense of if it's reflecting off of my day-to-day life, I would actively try to find ways in my dreams to figure out solutions to problems or figure out how to get better. And... That's kind of what happened. So, like, the dreams became a a benefit. It became, like, extra time that I got to use, even though I wasn't awake, to actually improve my game. And the same thing was said with, uh, even college, the thing that kind of stopped bowling was uh, poker. Like, I, you know, I'm not a baller poker player ever was. Um, I made money for a living, and I started out terrible, but I got so obsessed with it that I would dream playing hands, playing scenarios. If this person did this, how would they act? Um, like, what is their body language? I would just literally would wake up in the middle of the night and I feel like I'm playing live poker or online poker, just obsessing over hands and how they're playing out and studying them. It doesn't sound like it's like fun to a lot of people, but when you're dreaming like this stuff and you're immersed in a trade or a profession or, or learning a skill set, it becomes incredibly powerful. Um, now I'm not. Now this is not the aspect where I'm controlling my dream specifically, but this is to where I am telling myself, without even at the time not telling myself, but like, hey, like I'm, I want to be fully immersed in poker. I want to get really good at this, uh, and, and I want to do whatever it takes. So that's kind of the mindset that was always like that. So the dreams weren't like me losing in poker or whatever. I mean, yeah, I lost in poker a lot of my dreams. It's not a bad thing. It's just figuring out like what went wrong and replaying like if things were changed or if I did XYZ let's practice that in real life and I would so you know we only have X amount of time in the day to focus on what we want but if we focus on immersing ourselves in one thing uh, maybe two I want to say two because I'm still separated a lot of things but like the ideal version would still be one there's one thing I believe that your dreams will start being more vivid because it's reflection. And if you're, and I feel like you, you would actually be able to remember most of your dreams. And most of the dreams that you'll remember are going to be related to what makes you generally happy. And it should be that. Because uh, if you're working on something that didn't make you happy, uh, case in point, no. Uh, but you, you know, I have a case too. The third time I would actually have very specific dreams. I'll go over all of them. Fuck it. Uh, it's when I started working as a data entry guy at a company and I would just dream like how can I make this process faster how like what are the steps for me to stop doing this role and do things that are more significant at least in my eyes uh, like I shouldn't be like copy pasting things all day like that could be done on um, can like software could do that so so I would just think about it at night like my life would be consumed about doing work, doing the work faster and finding ways to 
to be more efficient. It sounds super lame, I get it. Um, but the end goal there was just to immerse myself into getting out of, out of doing that work. Um, but not like, but doing it so good that I don't have to do it anymore versus just avoiding it. And then the other things were just like marketing itself and uh, any, any game that I play, like League of Legends. Uh, generally for a lot of people, it's probably gaming. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like if you want to be the best in the world at something, go ahead and do it. So uh, immerse yourself in it. Like take, like spend time reading articles, like researching your play, like the high, the, the biggest likelihood that you'll see in your dreams is that they'll just be catered around what you immerse yourself in. And when you dream like that, you're more focused on dreaming of the end goal in mind than whether or not you can do it or whether or not it's possible. You're just spending your time in your dreams. Just, your brain is just figuring out all these things. And it's not, I don't say it's not too crazy from what was mentioned a couple of weeks ago and like, in helping you, helping your mind prepare for dreams. With the insomnia one, you know, you write a task down and then hopefully your brain will get to it. Uh, I've tried that before too. I write a task down and then I'd stay up for four hours because my brain wouldn't go to sleep. I was too busy thinking about it. So, um, I think a longer-term solution, and it sounds even easier said than done, is just to immerse, is to immerse yourself in one thing. And that's probably one reason why I love spreadsheets so much, is because everything is very visual. Or you can make it visual, and you can tell a story in it, or you can ex you can add context to what people are seeing. And I don't know. And uh, and to me, everything just makes sense in a spreadsheet. There's rules. Uh, well, at the same time, there's not. Like it's it's weird. So that's my tip to you. I was going to save that till later, but I figured, eh, I feel like the, I don't know, the impact that I had on that specifically uh, might resonate to more people before I start diving into like 30 different acronyms. So there you have it. Let me know if uh, that helps helps you. Now, I know it's going to take some time to find something that you want to immerse yourself in, and that's a decision that you would have to make uh, as an individual yourself. So uh, but let's let the rain showers flow. And by the way, I am tweaking some of my water sounds. I feel like uh, I feel like uh, relaxing, like if you're in a shower, in a hot shower, is very ideal here. Uh, so I, I, I think I think that's appropriate. I feel like we do our best thoughts in the shower too. And I, I don't know. I, I enjoy showers. I like I like hot showers. Enough about me. Now going back to. Lucid dreaming. Now, I think the key of what this Reddit, the uh, most of the most of the things, most of these things, are coming through uh, Reddit um, forward slash r forward slash forward slash lucid dreaming. Okay, and it's a subreddit that's catered around mainly the art of lucid dreaming, and a lot of the articles that I'm pulling up are pretty old. Uh, between two and seven years old, um, but they go very in-depth on the types and techniques on how to lucid dream correctly. Now, the first one I told you was just mainly just getting your dreams in the right mindset uh, and actually just getting dreams that you remember. Um, but if you're someone who's like me who would like to be more in control of your dreams, and I'm pretty sure some of you are in the same, that, that want to recall your dreams and actually improve the quality of your dreams, uh, because I feel like that's going to improve the quality of your sleep. I think focusing your efforts on controlling your dreams, uh, getting like getting your dreams remembered and controlling them, 
or kind of like an A and B process. So uh, there is a lot of documentation here. I'm going to go over some of it uh, that I feel that makes the most sense. I've looked at a lot of these guides, and they're like it seems like every own person has their own uh, thing that they do. Like how does one get started, and what is lucid dreaming, uh, and the very top article that you see on the subreddit is just called Start Here, and I'll give you an idea in which talks about lucid dreaming and same thing, it's like, you know, you're dreaming while you're dreaming, uh, and if it never happened, it, it, I'm just kind of spitballing it from what I'm reading here, but if, you, if it's never happened before, then it might seem impossible or nonsensical, and for the lucky few who this is all this is all that happens, you may not be aware that these are non-lucid dreams, or, yeah. And this is the natural phenomenon that happens spontaneously to more than 50% of the population. So that means, already, 50% of, of the population has lucid dreams at some point, um, but they don't realize it. And apparently this is a learned skill uh, that is cultivated and improved. So I'm all about that. If it's a learned skill that you have and it's something that can be done uh, while you're asleep, boom. And... Getting started, uh, there are, like I said, so many different links. So what I'm going to do is just going to go in order the ones that I think make the most sense, that are the most practical, because uh, there's a book, too, that it's like 150 pages that goes through everything that answers every single little question, and I've not read that. I will get to the reading that, actually, um, outside of this podcast, because I've always found lucid dreaming to be very fascinating. Uh, in this, in the aspect that you get to control your own dreams, um, but I very rarely have ever been able to do that. Like I said, the only times where I've kind of been able to do that is when I've had like the continuation dream process for like as a kid through a teenager, um, and then maybe like two or three times where I recognized I was dreaming and I was able to move, and the other times where I've been able to recognize my dreams, and I'm like, oh yeah, I've been able to dream, awesome. I wake up, so. <laughs> Uh, I'm prety sure a lot of us have, ex have experienced that portion where you, where you realize you're in a dream and then when you want to act, it's too late. So, uh, yeah, you just spend a lot of time, like I said, as a teenager, just really focused on dreams. I don't know why. I, had really, I really enjoyed sleep, uh, dreaming. And I think if you look forward to going to, dream, like, to sleep and dreaming at night, that will help a lot of people uh, go to sleep and wake up. So it all comes together. It's almost like a big circle of things that we need to get done it's like it's like we want good dreams to wake up well but we want to wake up well and have a good night's sleep so we can get to sleep better or get to sleep easier at night it's like a whole thing so the first article or the subreddit post that I um, popped or I'm looking at uh, this one's called three steps for learning to lucid dream and I'll just read this a little bit and provide some commentary on what makes sense and what doesn't. Uh, there's about five of these, and I'm going to... This one isn't fairly long. Um, but this one does go through... Actually, yeah. This one does go talk about, like, descriptions and, like... Uh, not descriptions, the... Like, this, it starts with acronyms, I should say. It does have acronyms. So, start if you would rather skip stuff that requires hard work and determination, then this link is for you. And it's just it's me. However, if you're planning to become a lucid dreamer and willing to work for it, here you go. So, if you're obviously listening to lucid dreaming in this, well, I'll make sure to talk about... I'll be sure to add the time step at this 27, 28 minute mark. 
to the good stuff, I guess. There are three things that will get you there, according to Asuka Wilson from the Lucid Dreaming subreddit. These three things by themselves, followed religiously, will get you lucid. Though, doesn't he- though don't hesitate to read the other stuff in the sidebar. So step one. Begin keeping a dream journal. Anytime you wake up at night or in the morning, write down what you remember. At night, a sentence often stimulates enough memory to remember more in the morning, record things that occur often. These will be your dream signs. Remember, one or two dreams each night. So, yeah, so it doesn't matter when you wake up. Even if you have insomnia, if you just remember what you're dreaming about, just write it down. Um, probably, probably, you probably should talk about the ease of writing. I'm all about convenience, but... Yeah, probably just keep a journal next to your nightstand. And that's problem solved. Begin doing reality checks. So this is kind of weird. This is my commentary. It might not be weird to you guys, but this is do these 24 hours a day. Yes, especially while you're sleeping. 30 or more should be enough. Really, really question your state, and it has a link. And uh, that... Despite as a step, that I feel like that is a terror, like that's not actionable. I don't like how do you do reality checks? Like, do you pinch yourself? Like it just says yes, especially while you're sleeping. So it just tells you what to do, but not how to do it. Okay, so and then um, and then step three: begin practicing mild. M I L D. If you wonder what mild is, mild means I have to look it up. So I'm not I'm not pausing this. To find out the meaning of mild, because it's popped up in like 20 different spots and I have it pulled. So, mild. I had it here. Yeah, it's right here. Mild means, uh, oh, I'm not gonna be able to pronounce that, but it's a monotonically induced lucid dream. In short, mild is telling yourself as soon as you're in bed or ready to sleep that you're going to become lucid while you dream. Then visualize yourself in a dream becoming lucid. Repeat until you fall asleep. That seems uh, interesting. So you just tell yourself, yeah, I'm going to dream and then just start dreaming. I don't know about that one. I tried. Oh, okay. I don't say I don't know about that one because I'm only speaking from empirical data at this point. Speaking out loud is kind of pulling back a lot of memories now. But um, but how, how this guy explains it, how Oscar Wilson explains it. Uh, begin practicing mild. Uh, before you go to bed, tell yourself that you intend to remember that you are dreaming while you are while in your dream. So, yeah, before you go to sleep, just say, hey, I'm going to be dreaming. And remember, you're in a dream. Every time you wake up at night, remember a dream you had or just had. Pick Pick one in which a dream sign appears. This is one of the reasons to use your dream journal. Remind yourself again that you intend to remember that you are dreaming while in your dream. In the visualization, see yourself in a dream you picked noticing a dream sign. Upon noticing the dream sign, do a reality check. See yourself becoming lucid. Then continue visualizing what you plan to do once you become lucid. Condition yourself this way so that you expect it to happen and the training kicks in as automatically as catching a line drive and throwing it to the second base where the guy's on first. Because you don't want to miss a double play like last time. And the pitcher is Jeff from fourth grade and he's still 10 years old. That's weird. No, this is best done early in the morning when you wake up. Got it. 
So that was a lot to read, but see, I'll see if I can summarize it. So begin practicing mild, even more flushed out. It's just noting like, hey, I'll write five things. I'll just write some things that don't make sense that I see outside of my day-to-day -day life. Uh, yeah, so uh, for most people, I would imagine that is very valid. Uh, and if you're someone who travels a lot or you do a lot of things, that might be a little bit harder, I realize, because there's a lot of shenanigans that happen. Happens a lot, even in real life. But giving you guys some examples right now, you know, if you happen to, I don't know, play a sport and you've never played a sport, you're doing something you never do. All right, write that down. Like, you're a gym soon I'm playing a sport. This is not real. Two, I'm, see I'm seeing people that I've met in third grade, but these are the third grade versions of them, not actual adults. That's weird. All right, write that down. I, those are the only two examples that I can think of off the top of my head. I don't have any more. <laughs> so, um, but as you continue to try to remember dreams, just pick out one thing that just didn't really make too much sense compared to day-to-day -to -day life. I think that's the best way I can explain it. Because uh, the whole art of talking about mild is just seems a little bit convoluted, especially if you're trying to get into it. I noticed like the the learning of this isn't too, like, it isn't too crazy, but there is a lot about it, and I think that might be a, a deterrent to some, especially if, if you're just kind of piquing your curiosity, like, you gotta keep a long journal, you gotta do this, I don't know, it's all about convenience, and I know that sounds counterintuitive, but, like, I, I feel like there's an optimal, there's a more optimal way of doing this, uh, and then step four for this guy is continue to do above things until you have success, this is the method in which most beginners have success. Uh, begin one and two simultaneously. Once you've reached remembering one or two dreams each night and have pulled out some good dream signs in your journal, start three. While you're doing the above things, read as much as you can from the links in the sidebar. So there's just more information. And then it says, noticed. There, there is nothing about wild. And just like mild, which I mentioned, uh, there's wild, which is wake-induced lucid dreaming, a technique in which you maintain consciousness while your body falls asleep not for the squeamish. That sounds... Why? If someone... If there is someone who is a sleeping expert, a bonafide sleeping expert, and you're just doing random research on sleeping podcasts, or if you're one of the random professors that I still believe listens to this podcast and shows their class. I don't know why. I just, have, I, I just picture... I just envision that. And you know about the wild like, dream technique, like, and the validity of it. I'm trying to wrap my head around why that makes sense. So, wild, you maintain consciousness while your body falls asleep. That's like, um, I don't know if you guys... No, no, that's, that's the opposite. Uh, I was thinking of, like, a, a reference uh, where your body moves and you're unconscious, but this is the opposite. You're, you're willingly trying to be conscious while your body falls asleep. That's, I don't know, that sounds like a lot of trouble versus the other one where it's like, oh, hey, if I just keep sending mental reminders, which is what I do in real life all the time for non-dream stuff. It sounds crazy now that I'm speaking it out loud and just saying, yeah, just do the same things. Just track what you're doing and then write it down and then just your brain will start remembering it and you're dreaming and then you can say, oh, yeah, here's what I do next. It's just a roadmap. That's what there needs to be. That's it. That is it, friends. 
I know I've been coming up with ideas within podcast episodes, and they should have their own dedicated uh, episodes, like, they do like four or five at a time, but, I, but yeah, flowcharts, I know it sounds like, but no, but really, flowchart, here's what you need to do, like, step one, get a book, and then it points down step two, okay, uh, let's say, reality check, or no, I can't say reality check, because that sounds too, it's like, um, uh, and I'll, yeah, look for dream signs, look for dream signs, and then, uh, that's it, <laughs> recognize, analyze, learn, and find it, and find them, that's it, it's, there it is, it's a flowchart, create, make it an adventure, alright, I'm gonna practice this, not tonight, or right now, but generally if I write things down on a podcast, I will go back to it and actually apply it right away which is another reason why I like to talk about these things uh, on the podcast, because I get to apply it. Yeah, so get a book or a reading book. Just write things down that you notice that you might recall in your dreams, and then just beat it in your head and say, like, look for this, look for this, look for this, look for this, until you see it. And chances are you're already in a dream. It seems kind of weird, though, because I feel like there's some like some weird Inception stuff. Maybe I'm just overthinking it. Thinking it. Um, but they mentioned going back to Wild, where it's the weird one. I won't say weird, um, but it says... Uh, let's see. No, I'm not going to die too much in that one. But that's the main... That's the first version of Lucid Dreaming. And I think that's the easiest that easiest they mentioned for beginners. Now I'm going to pull up a progressive guide to Lucid Dreaming. This is from I Am Wilson, made over three years ago. Uh, he's been doing 30 years of Lucid Dreaming. First thing he says here, and this is a fairly lengthy one, so I'm going to try to give this a synopsis. Uh, so every person is different, so what, what works for one lucid dreamer may not work for another. The, te the techniques you use to remain conscious during sleep should be progressive and not rely on any technique which has no return on your investment. Stick with what works, drop the elements of a technique in which you feel doesn't feel right. I think that's true. Things don't work, just drop it, just like in real life. Like optimized baby so lucid dreaming is simply being conscious okay he talks about that so there are two paths to achieve lucidity and this guy only gives two paths here so remaining awake as the body falls asleep and let the dream form around you i think that one is more of the wild where you just wait you're awake and then the dream you force the dream awake i feel like i said that just seems off might be worth trying but just seems off um, two, falling asleep into unconsciousness, then triggering wakefulness during the dream. Both paths have their pros and cons. Uh, the first one, which is like the wild version, uh, you remain consciousness through the entire process of sleep, entering the dream with a high level of awakening awareness. Two, you can create the dream as you progress through the stages uh, of sleep, having have rewarded dream experiences that you want. Cons of this uh, let's see, there are many cons. Many cons. Remaining awake during this shift can keep you awake. I don't want to sound like a snarky smartass, but yeah, no shit. Uh, sorry, that just seemed so obvious. Remaining awake may keep you awake, guys. That's why I'm telling you guys, if you listen to this podcast, I hope if you're still awake and you do find value in some episodes, listen to it during the day if you're unable to sleep. If you are able to sleep, 
at night, then I'm glad that, it, that the podcast is doing its job. Uh, yeah, so I, like I said, I don't want, like, like I said, it just doesn't make any sense with this guy. That, that first one just it was pretty obvious. Anyway. Uh, B, Furcon, may require relaxation techniques to willfully progress the body into sleep. C, the progress through hypogonic shifts can spook beginners because the, tr- the, the transition is very vivid and sensory-driven. D, you can experience sleep paralysis. E, it is most difficult for a beginner to induce a first lucid dream. F, requires a lot more work and effort. Yeah, so I feel like this has to be like an, an advanced technique. Uh, maybe it's one of those techniques to where, since I don't lose the dream, uh, I can't wrap my head around this concept. Again, if someone who does wild or someone who is very fascinated with dreaming knows more, feel free to reach out to me. Let me know if I'm like on the ball or if I'm off the ball or if you have any techniques. Uh, there's a lot to this. This could be its own like segment. Like I could talk about this weekly. I don't know. There's just a lot. Um, and then waking up in the dream prose. So this is like the mild version. Uh, it is easier for a beginner to achieve lucidity after the body is asleep. Requires a lot less focus and attention. Doesn't require any relaxation techniques. Only affirmations, which I actually am a fan of affirmations. Um, you won't be spooked during hypogonic shifts. The cons, it does require you to question the dreams with reality checks. Which again, I do agree that's kind of a weird con. Uh, but it is fun. Because I feel like if you're doing reality checks all the time... This is like uh, Inception. And then, do you really want to be questioning reality every single time? That seems like a paranoid person's worst nightmare. Um, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But, I don't know, 24-7 reality checks? Eh. That just seems weird. Although, no, no, no. I don't like that. I'm already thinking way too much into it. I don't don't like that con. Um, So... Reality checks. Maybe it's just the sign. Yeah. Look look for super obvious signs. Maybe, maybe I'm certainly overthinking that. And B. The level of lucidity can vary from semi-lucid to very lucid. Uh, I don't think that's a con. I mean, if you're even semi-lucid, I think that's an improvement. Uh, you may not be in the dream you want as a con, and it can be a challenge to shift into the desired dream experience. Uh, that makes sense. Becoming conscious in a dream can be so exciting it can trigger, <coughs> excuse me, trigger waking up from sleep. So that is one that I've tried to do in the past. Every time I realize I am in a lucid dream, I'm so excited I wake up. And that's annoying because there are certain times where, I don't know if you guys have dreamed, but you feel like you are actually in a dream and you know the moment you take an action in your dream, your body will wake up. So then you think, well, I can let the dream keep going, I guess but I won't get to control it so I can dream or I can wake up trying to control it. That used to be a big thing all the time for me. Uh, and then it mentions you could become a, become, ah, become efficient with both methods over time. It is a skill. Uh, so what to expect in your first lucid dream? Well, it may be very short. The newness of the experience can cause a lot of emotional responses, causing you to wake up or slip back into unconsciousness. The quality of the dream may be diminished. It might be fuzzy. Hard to remember. Being conscious in a dream can be a shock. It's such a new experience that you might have some irrational fears pop up. Yeah, I'm not too worried about that stuff. I don't know if you're worried about that stuff, guys. But I think it's just the idea of trying something new is what probably scares most people, scares a lot of people. And I've also learned from myself 
And I'm, uh, I'm going speaking from outside of this uh, article here because, and like I said, we all have our own data points, and hopefully I can provide some sort of clarity on uh, what I talk here, is that uh, in regards to trying something new, like including lucid dreaming, it for me, I believe it's another way to improve the quality of sleep, like way more than what we can kind of imagine. At least that's what I believe. And a lot of people do talk about lucid dreaming in that same, in that same vein. And when you try something new, you're always generally abrasive. I mean, you're not really open to change. And I think that's how most people are. You know, what's in motion stays in motion. You know, don't fix what's broken, a lot of things. So trying something new is, is obviously, I, like every two weeks, I apparently do something new in this podcast. And that's what I, I try to set. I try to set that up um, to do that. And I think it's one of those things where once you dive head first and you practice it a few times and it, and it can't be a one and done, uh, this one you'll start seeing the benefits. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like trying to decide, hey, I'm going to become a Olympic bodybuilder or a powerlifter. You know, you're not going to start out lifting 800 pounds uh, for a squat. Okay, you'll hurt yourself like big time. So you have to start with what you're used to. Or you just have to get in the motions of actually lifting the weights and then progressively working your way up. Like, it takes time. It takes effort. And the first time you're going to do it, you're going to lift weights. You're going to feel super sore for, like, a week. Like, nonstop. So, uh, so if I can at least directly use that analogy for sleeping here or lucid dreaming. Not just for you guys, but it's for myself. I say this stuff out loud because I, ha- I say it because I hype myself up as well. And there'll probably be another article not recall, uh, a follow-up episode that talks about lucid dreams part two the failure or success i don't know but uh, like i said if it's a skill that's learned and a lot of people can attest to it i'm willing to believe it um, to an extent again but yeah i think uh, for most people i probably wouldn't worry too much about the bad stuff of lucid dreaming like the whole idea is that you control your dreams and getting that and you want to get the dreams to work for you and make it actionable so he also talks about the known improvement techniques and uh, let's see he talks about uh, let's see one of the studies conducted by lucidity institute was done on napping their research concluded that after having a sleep and waking up for a short period of time then returning and to sleep increases lucid dreaming success by 10%. So that is mind-blowing. Now, after having a sleep, waking up for a period, then returning to sleep. <clears throat> so this is stuff that I talk about all the time in my sleep patterns, is that I wake up a lot in my sleep, and some nights I'm not able to go back to sleep, hence the insomnia, whatever's going on. But other nights I wake up like 20 times without missing a beat and I do notice those are the types of times that I am able to remember dreaming now not being I don't control my dreams I just remember dreaming so that is very telling Um, in this research has led to a sleeping pattern called WBTB wake back to bed this method may not work for everyone especially people who find it difficulty falling back to sleep after they wake up ah yes I'm pretty sure like I said we all suffer from that (laughs) Um, but if you, but if you're able to fall back to sleep, sometimes, congrats, then you can do this. But by itself, it's not a lucid dreaming technique, rather than a sleeping pattern to better facilitate lucid dreaming. 
it needs to be combined with a lucid dream, dreaming technique. So I think if you're actively trying to lucid dream and you happen to wake up and then go back to bed and still remember it, you'll more likely to be able to have lucid dreaming success. For a beginner who can use this method, combining it with a no technique is mild, which is I just called. Um, it's just saying, just be aware of the dreaming signs and beat it into your head. So, uh, let's see, waking up for 20, 30 minutes. Okay. And this is how a progressive technique should work. Take what is known to work and combine it with other tested and proven met methods to maximize your potential lucid dream. Mild is good. Mild is itself good. But combined with ADA, which, oh, again, I had to tell you guys that, and WBTB, which is what, what we just talked about, um, it has improved greatly. So starting where, as a beginner, would be an excellent place to start. Uh, he talks about all-day awareness, ADA. And that is, he describes this as, remember how I mentioned the first time lucid dreamers have, may have poor quality of fuzziness or poor quality of lucidity? This is a way to help focus your attention into a dream state along with the same level of memory, awareness, and perception that you have during the day. There are two objectives, objectives you want to take from all-day awareness. Improving your awareness of how it feels to be conscious, including perception and memory, and tra transfer this into dreaming. Uh, again, I guess that was kind of what I mentioned before. I, didn't, I guess there was a name for it. Just pay attention to being awake and then pay attention to things that are off when you're dreaming. Uh, and actually, no, take that back. I'm way off base. It just says, pull your perception of you being awake and how you do things, and then say, this is what it, this is how it should be while I'm dreaming. That's the correct version, I think. Number two, perform reality checks during the day, which will transfer over to your dream state as routine behavior. Why using ADA helps with lucid dreaming? Well, lucid dreaming is all about the quality and level of awareness. If your awareness is fuzzy, or you are unconscious, then the dream state is going to reflect poor quality experience. If your awareness is equal or greater to how you are right now in the dream, what you gain from it is much more of a rewarding experience. We take a mental snapshot of being aware of all the details in our waking life, impressing this into our intent to dream equal or greater than this waking model. All the senses to facilitate waking perception directed to our intent to receive the dream greater as equal or greater, however, remember, is also directly into dreaming. So yeah, I think it's just saying, like, if as long as you pay more attention during the day, pay attention to your surroundings, more or less, and keep that mindset as you dream, uh, you'll just be more aware in your dreams. I think that's it. Like, if you don't... So, I think if life is... I'm jumping... I'm taking a huge leap to conclusion here, guys. Because that was a lot of words. And reading out loud, I don't know if I even got the full gist, but at least my understanding of that is if you pay more attention to what you're doing during the day, if you're mainly focused on what's around you uh, and are aware of that, then you'll be able to have better dreams because your mind's already trained to be aware period and that's it like if you're aware during the day and you're sleeping then if your mind's already sharp enough it would translate into your dreams I think logically that makes sense assuming that's correct so the way he talks about those reality checks is just saying like hey I am I'm speaking about my podcast right now cool well 
every time I seem to talk on my podcast and I go off on tangents, uh, magically like 50 minutes happens and my podcasts don't go over an hour or maybe an hour and 20 minutes. If I were in a dream and I was talking about podcasting, I would probably be looking at a screen that says two hours or four hours or maybe be using different software. I don't know. Or uh, might not even be, I might just be talking and not even like recording. Like those might be dream signs. I don't know. But I think being fully aware of the surroundings and being very perceptive, at least that's the belief I have from understanding this. Or my understanding, I can't say belief, that's not strong enough to believe, but I, my understanding is that uh, by taking the mental snapshots, then if we say we're awake, we're going to do this, and here's what awake is like, well, now it's time to dream, let's be just as aware and pay attention to that. That's it. I think that's how they're explaining it. I'm going to try, I'm certainly going to try some of these techniques. Uh, because, like I said, oh, oh, lucid dreaming has always been something that's been fascinating to me. And the practical application that I would generally use, and that I've happened to use in the past without really realizing it until I analyzed it a little bit more, was that I've usually immersed myself into one thing in which my life is consumed. So I force myself to be consumed by something, and then the lucid dreams happen to happen. You know, it's kind of hard. Compared, you know, if I'm translating that all-day awareness to what I've done, it's just, it's hard for me to not be cognizant of what's going on day to day if my life is surrounded by like one or two major things and then dreaming should just be an extension of it which I'm pretty sure that's what was going on I think that's the logic behind it uh, he gives a good example right here it says it could be beneficial just to do this without dreaming as it really sets you up to enjoy and experience reality to exist in the present uh, so there's so much you can take from life into a dream that ADA can evolve and change in quality so, yeah, I guess it's just more living in the now and stop being focused on, like, all the distractions. Uh, easier said than done. So, I, obviously, this is something that's practiced. For example, if, you ha if you're at a restaurant having a nice dinner, take the time to really be aware of how the food tastes, the details of the restaurant, and how it feels to be in the current state. Take all the qualities you're enjoying and tell yourself you will dream at this level of detail, awareness, and perception. You'll find in a dream that you may be at a restaurant having a wonderful meal, thanks to shaping your intent. That's a really good, that's a really good example. Uh, take a walk and be aware of the sky, then setting the feeling of you, of being you possesses. Direct it towards your intent to dream the same way, and you'll find these qualities emerging in a dream state. You are mapping real life perception and awareness into practical dreaming intent. You can watch a movie and pay attention to all the details to find a dream reflecting that movie. Same applies to video games. You can create a, a genre-specific lucid dreaming by real-world influences. This makes dreaming extremely fun and rewarding. Now, reality checks are important in dreaming. If you use smile to fall unconscious, you may need to trigger your logical and analytical parts of waking yourself. You need to question the, the realism of a dream, whether we believe it to be reality until we wake up, and not a dream. This challenge to all dreamers can only be resolved through rational, logical questioning. So I know we're talking a little bit more in depth here, but the examples that he provided are pretty solid uh, in the sense of taking in everything. Now, there is, I do have a couple conclusions that I'd like to jump to um, that I think are very relevant. And I think, I, I think they might translate better. Not better, but like at least to people who are listening here. Uh, a lot of what he's talking about is really just living in the moment. 
And, you know, as opposed to being distracted with 20 things by the day or looking at your phone, uh, it's really just saying, hey, I'm sitting down, I notice the walls are white, the light's on, and the timing, you know, of what's going on, of like my, um, say I'm recording, um, I'm recording on a MacBook with the keyboard and two, two Acer level uh, monitors, 24 inches, with a gray and white shaggy rug underneath because it keeps the warm, it keeps the room warm. You know, just absorbing all that information and saying like, okay, well, what do I do with that? Like, do I just keep it in and do I just pay attention to what's going on? And when I dream, uh, I need to recall all of that or be as close as this descriptive as I can uh, and make that the standard. So that level of perception just needs to carry over. Sounds easier said than done, obviously. But I think that's a really good example that he has, just saying pay attention to like what you're eating, really pay attention to the taste, use all of your senses. Uh, even if you're like, even if you're eating food and someone's talking to you, block that person out. No, don't do that. But it just, <laughs> don't block that person out. But just, you know, if you're experiencing something uh, yourself, you're experiencing eating, like pay attention to how it really tastes and do all that. So... Uh, if you pay attention to that, then you'll build the mindset of paying attention to the other things and facets of your life and just reminding yourself to do that as you're dreaming uh, with the intent to do that. Really, it's just a lot of this stuff is like writing it down, planning it out, and just telling yourself before you go to bed. Or the other technique I'm, that was mentioned uh, in the past that I uh, tested, and, and it's worked to an extent, but, uh, but generally it keeps me up at night a little bit more. And that's the writing down a task that you want that you're trying to or writing out a task or a problem that you're trying to solve and then just write it down on a note card and then go to sleep because you're telling your brain to do an activity and then it kind of works it works itself out in dream form where you start thinking about it uh, like i said i told you guys in the past i tried doing that but i ended up staying up until like 3 a.m because i couldn't stop thinking about it so you said at your own discretion um, but for the dream technique that they mentioned here for lucid dreaming I think this works I think just paying attention to what you're doing being really focused in the craft or your work or your day to day life putting that detail in uh, kind of removes some distractions and on top of that if you are able to get to lucid dreaming then you get to decide okay well with this level of detail I know I'm in a dream now how do I do what I want. Do I want to have fun dreams? Do I want to experience great dreams in my downtime? And then I'm like 100% ready to go when I'm awake. So then you look, you, you might look forward to going to sleep uh, more frequently. Or or you might just try to get like additional learnings or knowledge done. And it might not be super relevant because you're not learning progressively, but you might be like restudying some of the notes or just kind of letting everything you learned or everything you're practicing like like working out scenarios in your head and just kind of getting those thinking juices going all while you're sleeping without actively like burning all of your mental capacity while you're awake. I think that's where the real power comes in. At least that's from what the understanding. Uh, and a lot of the stuff, I wouldn't say it's super new to me. It's just more the types of techniques of getting there. Um, is it? And I like this guide specific, this, this guide specifically. And again, he goes by the name of, 
I am oh, Ian A. Wilson, the, the progressive guide to lucid dreaming in the Reddit, subreddit, lucid dreaming. Uh, while I don't like to directly read a lot of the stuff that I see, because uh, that almost sounds like it's story time, and I don't, I don't like that, uh, I do find this to be very valuable, especially when it comes to these like long-winded conversations and then trying to interpret the um, meaning behind it. So hopefully you guys did find good value out of that. Now, there is a book, and I'm going to link it to. Um, it's from, let's see, it's from a guy named uh, Stephen LaBerge, PhD, and Howard uh, Rheingold. A step-by-step -step guide to the best-selling author of Lucid Dreaming, Exploring the World of Lucid Dreaming. And he goes, I think there's like 12 different contents, and this is a PDF. I'm assuming it's free because it's already linked to it um, and available from telenet.b. I don't know, but... I'll link it in the description, and he talks about, I'll give you like the list of contents for it, but apparently this is like everything and anything you can read about lucid dreaming, and it answers all the questions, it gives you exercises, uh, and like I said, this is going to be a pretty good read, at least for me, um, I've been, dive, been itching to dive into a book and some downtime, as opposed to uh, waste time, uh, so uh, i give you a quick synopsis over the contents. Uh, content, I guess, chapter one, uh, the world of lucid dreaming. Two, ch chapter two is the preparation for learning lucid dreaming. Chapter three is waking up in the dream world. That sounds pretty cool. Four is falling asleep consciously. Five is, ooh, that four one. Uh, five, the building of dreams. Six, practice and principles of lucid dreaming. Seven is the adventures and explorations. Eight is rehearsal for a living. Nine is creative problem solving. That might be something. That might be something I was talking about the whole time. He might have nailed it in this chapter. Who knows? Yeah, he beat me to the punch. I don't know. I have to. I have to read. Like, I have to read these chapters to see if like some of these things are in alignment with the stuff I'm doing. I kind of find the excitement in that too. I don't know if you guys have ever read a book, and you're or you read something and you're like, oh yeah, and he's like, I thought of that and I practice it, and this guy's talking about it, and then you think, dang, I was I was I was more on point than I thought. I don't know. That, maybe that's just me. Uh, 11. I might be completely wrong with that uh, number 9 item, though. Who knows? Uh, 10 is overcoming nightmares. 11 is the healing dream. And 12 is life is a dream, imitations of a wider world. That's spooky. But that's that. You know, that's it for lucid dreaming. And uh, hopefully you guys found good value out of this. And if not, then I will try to do a better job uh, the next time when I talk more about either lucid dreaming or the results I've had during lucid dreaming. If you're interested in that, though, I would like to have your input. Uh, feel free to follow me on droolishpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, sorry, follow me at Twitter, droolishpodcast. Obviously, I'm not really good with this pitching stuff, but if you would uh, like what you're hearing, then please consider uh, following me there. Uh, it keeps you up to date on the latest episodes that are released. Uh, I might, I'm not super active on social media. I know I should be. Uh, I know I should be, uh, but uh, my time and my focus is a lot elsewhere. But I digress. Uh, if you are interested in, or if you're interested in trying this out or having input or techniques or stuff you'd like me to talk about, regardless of lucid dreaming, I am all ears. Feel free to send me an email at droolishpodcast at gmail.com if that piques your interest. 
And again, I mentioned that too before, is just to uh, consider following me on Twitter. I don't want to spend all my time on Twitter a lot. I don't know. But I do on I do like to have messages that let you guys know when the latest episode does come out. So I don't know if you guys listen to me on Stitcher, Pandora, or whatever. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it's just good to be in the know. And uh, I don't feel like spamming a bunch, 20 different things about my podcast. Uh, like, find me here, find me there. Like, you're already listening to me. And if you, if you happen to fall asleep, then I'm very, I'm very grateful. I'm, I'm very happy for that instead. Uh, that, that's like where I would like to have my headspace at, is to help you guys sleep and improve the quality of sleep. Now, here's something that's random. Now, I'm going to throw this in, and feel free. No, at this point, we're done. We're done talking about lucid dreaming. We're done. Okay. This is for people who like to listen to me in my stream of consciousness for the next, like, five minutes. And I like this chapter 12 content on the book, um, Life is a Dream, Imitations of a Wider World, in the sense is that it kind of it triggered... It triggered a, a thought or a concept, and I might have mentioned this before, but uh, Elon Musk, he is a big fan and believes in simulation theory, and I'm not going to spend time discussing that. That might actually be its own podcast episode, but uh, essentially simulation theory just means that life is a simulation. If someone were to, if, if society has been so advanced to create a simulation of what life could be like, uh, then who's to say that it's not already happened? Like, if someone's, if it's already capable of being done, then it's chances are it could have been done, like, prior. They were probably not the first people, like, the first iteration to create it. Um, that's pretty much it, and it, it goes through a lot of logic. But I, I do think that theory uh, is, I, I tend to believe in that philosophy. Uh, there's a lot that are out there, but in regards to that, the whole idea is that, like, it's more perception of the world, regardless if you believe in, you're in a simulation or not. There, if you're in a simulation, there are rules that we abide by because whoever coded the simulation, that's it. And if you don't believe it, then it doesn't matter. There's still rules and laws of physics that still say the same thing. So uh, it's more of a type of perception and how you handle things. At least that's my interpretation of it. And the thing he mentions, life is a dream, limitations of a wider world. I just happened to notice that, like, that was a very, uh, very interesting parallel where if life is a dream... Uh, I had to dive more into it, and maybe I'll dive specifically into that chapter at a different point. But if life is a dream, uh, then obviously it is what we make of it, and uh, and our maybe I don't know. Like, I just find it weird how. No, 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 not today, not today. I'm done talking. I know this is gonna get super random and off the hook, and not off the hook like off the chain, like that type of stuff. But no, I'm just getting off of uh, off kiltered with what I'm trying to get at and I don't know if I even use the right word without off-kiltered which means this podcast should be donezo I am glad and happy that you guys are listening and I'm humbled that you guys continue to download and whoever I, I, I don't know I don't know what you guys are looking for when you find this podcast I don't know you know, I look at the trends, I look at things uh, to see where things are going and if I'm trending up or down, and I'm fortunate that I've been having steady growth. But the thing that I noticed is that I notice a lot of people download 
uh, the podcast overnight, which makes sense because if you have trouble sleeping, you're probably typing in insomnia help and you might pop into this podcast. But uh, I don't know. I, I find it mind blowing that you know there's a lot of people that I mean there, there there's a lot of people that need sleep help, and it doesn't have to be like a forever thing. It just could be a one night thing. It could be a one week thing. It could be a phase. You know, I have personally have kind of gone through many of them. I'm pro- not as extreme as probably some of you, but sleep trouble. I mean, if you're not having consistent, consistently good sleep, uh, that's trouble. And you know, I don't want to. I don't want to gatekeep. I don't want to gatekeep people from thinking like their sleeping problems aren't. Like, if you have trouble sleeping, well, hopefully this could be a resolution for it. Uh, my ideal goal is to obviously be a solution to help you sleep, um, but also to uh, not be in a predicament to where you would need assistance falling asleep, like hopefully to solve like maybe deeper problems. Uh, maybe it doesn't have to be mental. I don't want, I'm not trying to apply that, but, uh, there could just be things from like hearing tinnitus or just need background noises or I don't know. Like, I feel like there's a place for this podcast for that. Uh, but I also just want to help people just, like I said, improve the quality of sleep as a whole and, the way I still see this podcast is that this is more of a, it's supposed to be a background type of show where you listen to the background noises, the water, and it helps you calm and relax. And I do my best to not put, you know, any ads in, and I try not to include music, except for the beginning. And I try to take the time to think about if I'm trying to sleep. Uh, and I mean, that happens. I think about, like, if I'm having insomnia, like, what are the things I would like to listen to or which ones I don't and what are the things that I know I shouldn't be doing and maybe I should actually listen to not I should not be doing it as well and uh, I don't know hopefully like I said I'm doing my best to resonate with that and I'm you know I'm glad that you guys like if you're able to benefit from it it's great I'm glad that there are people out there that benefits from it and it still sucks though I have to admit that you know we have to go through these phases though like it sucks that we have sleeping troubles period and, I don't know, maybe that's all I wanted to say, and, I don't know, I'm not really good at talking about, like, this stuff when I'm, like, when I don't have any subjects at hand, uh, but I don't want to, like, I don't want to exclude the, these parts from the podcast, because, I mean, this is more the essence of what it's all about, uh, the, the, the podcast is hopefully trying to help people, and I know our minds get off and wander throughout the day and at night, and maybe, uh, just maybe, uh, by me talking and just talking things out out loud, uh, is it's good. It's good enough for you guys to not think about you know your day, or you know not think about your day, but like dwell on things that you might worry about that ultimately may or may not even be worries. I mean, those. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to find more uh, inner peace, I guess. Uh, well being my best self and it sounds cliche I get it um, but I think the reason why it's a, a lot of these like no 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 see I'm going all over the place again see I stopped myself right there folks so thank you for listening and you guys take care and dream easy <laughs>